0: Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there.
1: We are really strong, actually. We are all really strong. We're all really fierce. We all have um, much more capacity than we give ourselves credit for.
2: The kind of peace that's available is actually a much more nourishing and enduring peace. And it's the kind of peace that comes from learning to be okay with whatever's happening.
0: You're listening to the Mindful Mama Podcast, episode 213. Today, we're talking about becoming a stable center of peace with Oren Sofer and Emily Horn. Welcome to the mindful mama podcast here. It's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent at mindful mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields, mindful mama mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Membership, and I'm the author of Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back to the podcast, dear friend. I'm so glad you're here. We've got some continuity because this podcast keeps on coming, but otherwise the world seems pretty turned upside down right now. Uh, we have the coronavirus spreading all around currently, and schools being closed. My own children are out of school, and these are anxious times. And so we we all around the world, communities are taking action to slow down the spread of coronavirus. You may be in isolation. You may not be doing the things you normally do. You might be working from home. You might have your kids with you. So. I decided to scrap everything that I was going to be doing for this episode previously, and I invited some friends to help me talk to you about how to become a more peaceful, this center of peace for our children, because our children really look to us to stabilize. They look to us for security and us to ground them. And so who grounds us? We do. Uh, So I wanted to talk about how do we do that, how do we take care of our anxiety? So I invited on two amazing meditation teachers. First, I'll talk to Orin Sofer, and he teaches Orin J. Sofer teaches mindfulness, meditation, and nonviolent communication in both secular and Buddhist contexts. He's the author of the book Say What You Mean: A Mindful Approach to Nonviolent Communication. Would, and you can hear him on this podcast twice. Last year, one wants to talk about his book, "Say What You Mean," and another time where he interviewed me about my silent meditation retreat. Emily Horn is an authorized Dharma teacher through the Spirit Rock Meditation Center and Insight Meditation Society. She's also a certified mindfulness teacher via the International Mindfulness Teachers Association. And uh, she is the mom of a little one, only four and a half, and she helps to bring these worlds together of mindfulness and parenting. So this is going to be an incredible episode for you, and I hope this will be an episode that will help you cultivate your own peace to remember your own peace. Mindfulness, mindfulness, That word comes from, um, is a translation of a word from the ancient Pali language. And other translations of that word are, um, one is recollecting. And I think that's really important that this, I want you to know that as I talk and title this podcast, Become a Stable Center of Peace, this stable center is in you. It is inside of you at your very, very center. And what this podcast aims to do is to just help you remember that, to recollect that. So this will help you to touch that inner center of peace in in these trying difficult times. So I want you to listen for some important takeaways from these two conversations. The choices we make affect one another and our choice to take care of ourselves matters it matters a lot and that means our mind body spirit take care of ourselves in all those ways also we don't need to be afraid of fear it's just an energy moving through and we're gonna work talk about that in that in our the first interview and i love this final takeaway that we can be peaceful and anxious at the same time we do have both of those seeds in us, and we're going to talk more about that, and I'm going to help you understand that. So I hope that you enjoy this episode, my friend. <laughs> you might hear my kids outside; they're outside, out and about, home from school, <laughs> uh, calling and playing with the dog. Um, and uh, and before you dive in, I just want to say that I am so glad that we are connected. I am no um hope that you are safe. I hope that you are sound. And I hope that this episode can help you make this a time of connection, of connecting to your values and what's really important, and maybe a time of slowing down. And uh, I wish you well. And uh, I also had just want to remind you that there's a ton of resources at mindfulmamamentor.com that you can use, free meditations and more and we will be we will be here for you and the the mindful mama mentor the mindful mama tribe facebook group has become a really active wonderful supportive place too so you can go over there and find out more about that all right enough about that my friend on to this episode Warren, thanks so much for coming back on the mindful mama podcast
2: it's a pleasure good to be here hunter
0: I'm glad to glad to have you here too. We uh, we didn't have plans to talk for a long time before, but everything has been upended in our lives, and I'm so I'm so glad that you took time out of your schedule to to talk now because the world is not a normal if it if it ever was before, but it doesn't feel so normal right now, does it?
2: yeah well you know it's it's funny actually it feels quite normal to me uh it it, because it's normal for things to change and um i think that's one of our primary uh misconceptions is that everything seems really stable when in fact uh, as we're learning and seeing uh very clearly before our eyes that everything can change very quickly and um it's i think it's the it's the sense of clinging to what what we want to be normal that creates the uh the disease and the that kind of sense of being destabilized inside whereas when uh when we really recognize you know oh yeah this is this is totally normal like <laughs> people get sick things change uh that's just part of what it is to be human
0: yeah i guess in some, it's this um it's uh rapidly accelerated, you know in our yeah. view it's almost like it's almost like when you you have small children and they're they're changing day to day so mm. so quickly that we get this sense of this sense of um you know like oh you you are a different person right now than you were yesterday and and we can kind of get that sense, but yeah so it's it's really i think you're right, it's just sort of putting in our face what is always there
3: we
2: yeah yeah and not to be glib about it, yes obviously everything has has changed uh, dramatically, just even in the last few days, let alone the last week for um for most of us in terms of um, our just our day to day routines and uh and and our lives and um it's uh you know as a meditation teacher it, it's just a wonderful opportunity um, to see uh to see one's own One's own mind, one's own skills and capacities, um, and to really practice uh, our values. And you know, how do we respond in times of duress? And are we able to um, to stay connected to our values uh, and let that determine the choices we make, rather than um, being being swayed by the the fears and the anxiety and the hysteria that's that's that can be that can be kind of all around us
0: hmm hmm So, this fear uh, is a very natural, of course, normal response, right? Our, our nervous system is on alert for, mm-hmm. you know, and very helpfully so. You know, the uh, as this week happened, we'll all wash our hands and I'll bring some hand sanitizer and everything's cool. By Tuesday, right. I had completely changed my mind and I was right. feeling that sense of, like under, understanding the gravity of of what social gatherings were doing, and um, and feeling that sense of responsibility and that sense of fear and anxiety, yeah. and I really think that as I look back on it, you know, I know that was very helpful for me to make a a responsible choice in that moment was to was to actually have some of that that fear to to. Wake me up and help me see the seriousness of of what was happening, not that I didn 't see that it was serious before, but to to take in all those things so
3: mm-hmm.
0: it 's interesting as this has happened because i 'm seeing the the parts of it that 's that is helpful and then the parts of it that wasn 't. I went to the library with my kids and my husband. Yesterday and just going to the library was just kind of a little bit it was a really different experience. We yeah. were sanitizing our hands every second, you know, we yeah. hitting the hitting the wheelchair button with the, the elbow to open the door and mm-hmm. and uh and just feeling as I left it just that had this physical feeling of anxiety and that just mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. all of that affecting me and so for me I went for a run mm-hmm. to help myself with that. But um what do you can you talk to us a little bit about this this fear and this anxiety that's arising for us at this mm-hmm. time? And, and the, sometimes we don't have an action we can take. And in many ways, we're used to acting, right, to mm-hmm. take care mm-hmm. of these things.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, like you said, it's it's completely natural. It's, uh, it's adaptive to feel anxious and afraid when there's a threat. And um, the the key is just what we do with that. You know, and how do we how do we handle it? How do we hold it? How do we respond to it? Um, So, yeah, I think that I think there's a I think there's a lot there's a lot of different levels to it, and there's a lot that we can do. Um, You know, I think the first thing is to is to just start to to remember that panicking and uh, going into overwhelm and you know binging on news media is, is not helpful. Um, and, uh, and using whatever tools we have that, whatever tools we've learned along the way, um, to, uh, to not go into overwhelm or panic, or if we notice ourselves starting to get to that state, um, dialing it back, you know, so whether it's, um, setting limits on your consumption of the news media or just, you know, paying really close attention to your nervous system and how you're feeling as you're consuming, uh, consuming the news and uh, being willing to take breaks. Uh, those are all really helpful. Um, maintaining just, just standard, uh, health and wellness practices like getting enough rest, practicing good sleep, hygiene, eating well, exercising, all, all of those things become, uh, more important uh, during times of high stress and so um, you know one of the th- one of the things that we're seeing today um, which is really kind of a how to how to put it it's it's a it's one of the unforeseen gifts I think of this crisis is that we are forced to become more aware of our interconnectedness. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, it's very clear uh, in a tangible way uh, the reality that's always been there, which is that what each of us does, the choices that we make in our day-to-day life affect one another. And, you know, there's th- those in, p- previously invisible networks of interconnection are made more visible. By, uh, by the pandemic. And so, you know, my choice whether or not to be conscientious about washing my hands or touching my face um, directly, in, you know, directly or indirectly will impact thousands of other people in terms of the, the contact that we have. So, um, so similarly, our capacity to take care of ourselves, to, to stay balanced, um, to stay calm and clear, clear headed, you know, and not freak out at the grocery store. If they're out of something, you know, to just recognize I can go back in a couple of days and it'll probably be restocked. And even if they don't have it, I'll find another way to get by or take care of it. Um, th- those are gifts that we can offer to, to one another and to our communities. So, you know, we might think that, um, Panicking in the safety of our own home doesn't affect anyone else, but actually, it will, and it does. So, these little things of of self care uh, can have can have wider and and far reaching effects. Um, other other things we can do, you know, other things we can do with um, to to deal with the the fear and the anxiety that comes up. So. Uh, You know, there's we're hearing a lot about uh, social distancing, and um, uh, I think that uh, it's a slightly misleading phrase uh, Mm -hmm. because obviously what we're talking about is physical proximity and not emotional proximity or social connection. Mm -hmm. And during times of stress, uh, social connection is can be very healing and can be very important. So, you know, while uh, the The injunction to maintain uh, uh, physical distance from others is really important, but that doesn't mean maintaining emotional distance. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important for people to maintain their networks of social connection. So whether it's getting on the phone or getting on Zoom or FaceTime or any other video chat and um, staying in touch with people, you know, I've obviously, I've you know, like many of us have, have elderly parents uh, in their mid to late 70s, uh, stepdads in his 80s. And so, you know, I'm very concerned about them and I'm in touch with them regularly. And so um, that's another really important thing, I think, in, with the anxiety is not isolating. You know, we might isolate in terms of the physical contact, but not to isolate emotionally or Psychologically because that that just increases the uh, the stress on the nervous system and then maybe just the last thing I'll share in, in the moment mm-hmm. that's coming to mind is is it, it is important to, like you said about taking action, and so obviously like we all have our various forms of he- hopefully healthy coping mechanisms, whether it's running or exercising or baking or cleaning or you know various things we can do to channel some of the anxious energy we may be feeling. Um, Ah, there was the point I lost it for a (laughs) moment. Uh, I think it's really important to you know there is certain information um, from the CDC from your your county uh, public health department that's really important to have Um, but above and beyond that uh, the information often isn't helpful and so taking the actions that we can take to protect our health and the health of our community is really important so similar to you you know i've had a number of events canceled i'm holding more events online i'm doing free online meditations every week now that people can can join on my social media platform so um, finding what are the specific actions we can take to perfect protect our health and all of the guidelines that are that are coming out around um Really, the the extreme importance and power of very simple actions like washing your hands thoroughly several times a day, avoiding touching your face, sanitizing uh, frequently touched surfaces like keyboards and phones and, and doorknobs, maintaining physical distance out in public, limiting you know, large gatherings, all the things that we're hearing, but actually recognizing that those aren't there to stimulate our fear. Those are there to actually tell us the very clear, specific, concrete actions we can each take to limit the, um, the spread and the impact of this and take care of one another. And so there can be a source of, of comfort um, if we're bringing awareness to those actions and connecting them to a sense of compassion and to a sense of, oh, I'm doing my part. This is, this is larger than me. I'm actually contributing and helping and taking care of myself and others by following these guidelines.
0: We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math Mysteries About True Histories. It's a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. I highly recommend you check it out to listen to. Understood explains. Just search for understood explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood explains. I love what you're saying, and and for me, it brings up a lot. You know, for me, I realize like this. Me reaching out to you to have this conversation right now. This is like for me a positive action that I can take to to bring this to the to the podcast, but also. what what can we do that are positive actions and 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 our whole choice of remaining home this is a kind of an act of solidarity right this is a, a yeah. whole, whole humanity's act of solidarity and i saw some beautiful actions like the my mother shared with me a video in Italy of someone recorded the street in Siena where they were all singing out the windows and, and we can do things like that to support one another in ways that we haven't before. Like we could be writing, uh, writing a a thank you card to a friend who did something nice for us or send, uh, send a silly drawing to a friend Mm -hmm. in the mail or reaching Mm -hmm. out in those other ways. I, um, you know reaching out in ways that that feel good i actually have a friend who's uh in quarantine in mm-hmm. Boston who has mm-hmm. ha, who has coronavirus with her mm-hmm. her young son and mm-hmm. her husband and mm-hmm. they live in an apartment building so it's even tricky they can't get to... <laughs> anyway uh, so i don't know i sent i sent some duplo legos to, yeah. <laughs> to their son and it was great she sent me a video of them watching it uh, him opening that but if if we have the resources if we're not um, overwhelmed financially ourselves, if we're not struggling ourselves, it may be a time to reach out and help others. I just, uh, there's a, uh, there's an Instagram account called Black Fairy Godmother where she uh-huh. connects people to people who are really struggling, who are on the margins and, you know, you can go and, and donate. I donated some, mm-hmm. some t-shirts and, uh, so, <laughs> some t-shirts and I didn't forget what the other thing was to somebody yeah. who, who is yeah. uh, struggling. So those are, for me, that's what comes to mind as you talk about this idea, like maintain social connection, take actions, take these healthy coping mechanisms for ourselves yeah. or, or also taking actions to support and help others will keep yeah. us in that mentally, healthy, strong place, it would be something to do to help us stay there.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's important also to, um, to draw on the internal skills that, um, hopefully we have developed. And if not, that we can develop to, um, to learn how to be with the fear and the anxiety, because there's nothing, there's nothing scarier, uh, than being afraid of our fear. Mm Mm-hmm. It's when it's when we don't feel uh, confident to experience fear, when we when we run away from it, when we suppress it, when we push it away, when it when the fear when we become frightened of our fear, that's a truly scary situation. Uh, but there's nothing to be afraid of about it. It's just an emotion. It's just it's just a series of sensations and thoughts and energies in the body and the mind and um it can be uh it can actually be quite um <laughs> in a certain way quite peaceful to be with fear if you're not reacting to it because it's it's um yeah as i said it's just energies moving through and so uh there there're different there're different ways that we can um we can do the inner work that, uh, that's being asked of us right now, um, whether through contemplative practice of just taking time to sit quietly and breathe and allow the sensations that are passing through our body and mind to, to pass through and using, uh, using the skills of meditation to anchor our attention in the body with the breath. With sound, with loving kindness, with compassion, with any of these um, supports, uh, these contemplative supports that we have, in order to create an inner uh, uh, sort of container of inner stability and uh, spaciousness to allow these thoughts and feelings and sensations to pass through. Um, so this is this is one one aspect of. Um, you know the the inner dimension of handling the the stress and the anxiety that's that might be present uh, Warren, right now
0: uh, for someone who has doesn't have much ex- Experience or exam, yep. uh, dealing with practicing meditation, maybe yeah. this is new, hasn't been able to sit before. Yeah, uh, what would you say to that person who's saying, "Okay, I don't want to be panicked for my children. I don't well, want to be panicked. How yeah. how can I sit with that and and let sure. it pass through me?"
2: Well, let's 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 meditate together right now for two or three minutes with everyone and just just do it instead of talking about it. Does that sound all right? Sounds good. Yeah. So uh, everyone who's listening, um, I'll just invite you to to sit comfortably or stand comfortably. It's it's often helpful to sit or even if you can recline uh, to lie down. And first, just take a couple deep breaths. So breathe in through your nose. And breathe out through your mouth long and slow. And as you breathe out, just feel any settling, however subtle or small, in your body. And then as you do that, see if you can notice the places where your body touches the ground. So feel your feet on the floor, feel your backside on the chair. If you're reclining, feel the places of your back or your legs that touch the floor. And see if you can notice the weight of your body, that sense of something heavy or pressing, pushing down. If You can re- let your body relax, let the muscles and the tissues just kind of soften in your face, your eyebrows, your jaw, the back of your neck, down your shoulders, your arms your chest and belly, all the way down your legs. And then see if you can feel the support of the ground. There's something solid beneath you. There's something firm and steady. And you just want to keep tuning into that signal of steadiness, of support. And your heart might be beating fast. You might feel some... Tension or a kind of shaky feeling in your limbs, if you're feeling anxious or stressed, or you might feel like tight in your chest, all that's fine, all that's fine, just letting that be there. And instead, see if you can give more attention to the sensations of your body resting on the ground, the stability of the ground. And then this gentle rhythm of your body breathing is just allow your breath to be natural. And it's like everything that's happening in your mind and body, the thoughts, the sensations, the discomfort, all of that's riding on this gentle wave of the breath. And so you just keep coming back to these very simple reference points, the body resting on the ground, the rhythm of the breath, and perhaps just the sense of space around you, the sense of space around your body. Space is open. There's, there's nothing pressing against you right now. There are no demands being placed on you. So when we meditate, we don't have to make the fear or the anxiety or the contraction go away. You just hold, hold a space for it. And then when you're ready, you can let your eyes open. And just start to move your body again and notice the effect notice the effect of a few minutes of of quiet of turning your attention inwards. Mm. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you. I needed that. And it <laughs> it's this it's that simple. Uh sitting and not fighting those sensations experiencing right. them letting them be. Yeah. It it creates space.
2: Yeah. And you know the key is is um is, not, is actually uh, what for some might be counterintuitive is it's not focusing on the fear or the anxiety or the stress. When we, when we focus on it, it, it tends to actually amplify and get bigger. So um, the initially, at least initially, the practice is you find some place to rest your attention that's either neutral or even better, slightly soothing. And then you let the uncomfortable sensations be a little bit more in the background. And then very slowly you just start to make space for that by referencing again and again, referencing the sense of wholeness, the sense of stability, the sense of ease, the sense of space, sense of warmth or care. Uh, And what what we're doing there is we are are strengthening uh, those qualities in our consciousness in enhancing and increasing those and in in doing so we are creating a uh, a kind of inner crucible uh to metabolize the, the uh the fear and the stress and the anxiety
0: mm, i like that i like yeah. that um you know i this podcast uh in um we'll be talking to Emily Horn too. And in the order mm-hmm. of the listener, you're hearing it, it will be Emily is after, but I've actually talked to Emily just previously. And she mentioned that, uh, she mentions that we can be peaceful and anxious at the yeah. same time. And I, I think that's exactly what you're pointing to right here. Exactly. Like they're both in us. Right. And we can choose to kind of bring our attention, water the seeds of peace. Mm-hmm. We can choose to, to be with, with all of this and, and allow some space for it. So yeah, I hope that was helpful for you, dear listener, as it, as mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. for me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so Oren, yeah. pra- uh, you were going to add something, but uh, practically, would you say as we're going through these times, how often might someone practice Sure. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's helpful uh, if if you can, and we all have different uh, responsibilities in our lives, so you work with what you can, but, you know, it's helpful to just carve out a little bit of time once a day if you can. 10 minutes you know 20 minutes if you can get that much time away Uh, many of us are finding all of a sudden with conferences and events being canceled and working from home that all of a sudden it's like oh i have a lot more time on my hands and that in and of itself can be anxiety producing uh for some and uh it could also be a great gift so if you are finding yourself that you have more time on your hands um, you know, using some of that time to, to settle and, and calm the mind, I think, is, is great. is helpful. Uh, but even if that's not available, just just 30 seconds, you know, 30 seconds, 10 seconds of, um, of making space to be with how you're feeling. Uh, if you do that a few times a day periodically, that has a very it can have a very powerful cumulative effect so it doesn't need to be long um, but it's the uh it's the sincerity that we bring to those moments um, and uh, and the kind of space that we create inside and the you know the key place people tend to get hung up is um the belief that meditation means feeling calm and peaceful, and as as Emily will point out uh, in the conversation you you have with her, uh, and as we're talking about now, um, that's not the point, and the the kind of peace that meditation brings uh, is not dependent on having a certain experience. So, uh, feeling pleasant feelings is a very tenuous kind of peace because those are those change and they're not up to us. Uh, the kind of peace that's available is actually a much more nourishing and enduring peace, and it's the kind of peace that comes from learning to be okay with whatever's happening. And that that's about making space inside and and drawing on our resources. Um, these resources of groundedness, kindness, awareness, compassion. And so um, so again, just to come back to that phrase of making space for how you're feeling. So whatever's going on, to just uh, take a few moments to turn your attention inwards and breathe with it and put your attention somewhere that feels um, Less disruptive, where you can start to have a reference point inside to meet the uh, the discomfort of whatever's happening, and then the process unfolds by itself. It's a natural process. Our our emotions and moods and feelings uh, are designed to um, to signal information to to us about our environment, and then to and then to dissipate to pass on. And it's only because we hold on to them and fight with them that they stick around so long. So uh, if we can create the space to just feel them and let them be, they, they resolve and get integrated on their own.
0: Hmm. Amen. We need to remember this. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you, Oren. So, um, dear listener, if you're looking for some resources, I know that both myself and Oren have guided meditations on the free Insight Timer app. Um, there are some free guided meditations at mindfulmamamentor.com under resources. And Orin, I imagine you have some yep. more to offer here as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. My website, orenjsofer.com, has a whole audio page with a ton of free meditations. And, and as I said earlier, um, starting uh, starting this coming week, I'll be offering free uh, live stream meditations um, once a week at different times. And, uh, if you just, if you follow me on social media at Orange Sofer on whatever platform you like to use, I'll be announcing those and you can, you can tune in during your day.
0: And so you can see, dear listener, how this is very much at the heart of your parenting, because as you can make your heart more spacious for whatever you're holding, then you can become that force of stability for your kids too. Um, which is a beautiful thing to offer in this inter very interconnected world. Oh, so interconnected. Don't we know it?
2: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much, Oren.
2: Yeah, it's a pleasure.
0: Emily, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. These are weird days, aren't they? (laughs) That's one way to describe them. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) For sure. Yes. (laughs) So I know for me, my my two daughters are are 13 and 10, and they are you know school is canceled, and they are home, and um, and my classes I was teaching an in, intro to mindfulness class is canceled, my retreat is postponed, you know, all all these things are postponed. My 13 year old's birthday party is postponed. So our lives, you know, we we went on some hikes today. It's kind of slowed down. It's it's an interesting time. How is this whole time affecting you and your family?
1: Oh yeah. I mean it's definitely affecting me and my family and so many other people in this world. Um you know we are not quite um in the pro you know we haven't where I am I'm in Asheville North Carolina we haven't closed schools yet. But we are definitely doing the self-quarantine for the benefit of all people around us. And so we have a kid, four and a half years old, Xander. He's home all the time now. So it definitely has put us into a new schedule and a new routine. And we're trying to figure out, you know, how we are going to stay sane in this chaos. (laughs) You know, how do we do that and why is that
0: important? Yeah, I saw. Um, I saw a really nice um, statement about the idea of what's happening. That this whole idea that we're all going into this self quarantine and this sort of like physical isolation kind of thing is this real act of solidarity actually mm-hmm. come from humanity. And I really loved thinking of it that way as this we are coming together in solidarity to help those of us who are most vulnerable and to help our medical systems. And uh, I just love, I just love that way of thinking of it. So we all, it's kind of the, the difficulties all spread out as far as um, for all of us in so many
1: ways. Yeah, we're definitely in this together and and one of the things that just keeps replaying in my mind is um, for those of us that have kids and have seen Frozen 2, um, there's this point where you know everything goes crazy and and they're exiting the castle and they're trying to figure out oh my gosh, the magic's been unlocked in the forest and and Olaf has this scene the little snowman and all the kids are like putting like little jewels and things on him. And he's like, I call this controlling when everything is out of control, something like that. Mm. And I think that's what we're all trying to figure out is like, what is in our control and what is not in our control? And how do we work with that? Because when things get so chaotic, then of course our nervous systems go on alert and it's like, okay, what do we do? You know, when our nervous systems are on alert and that's just the reality of things and we're home with our kids.
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so and our kids are looking for us to be this they get our mm-hmm. their sense of security from us so yeah. when our nervous systems are on alert i mean i mean actually the the virus itself just shows how ultimately incredibly interconnected we are it's, it's we can't escape it it's amazing you know the the podcast i they put out about you know, staying home with kids uh, on Friday. It, it's uh, it's you know helpful for people in Hungary for right now. like they're thanking me. It's crazy. and mm-hmm. it's it it makes a lot of sense. but this this interconnection and the way we affect each other and for me, that's why it was so important for me to reach out to you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a a teacher at the Spirit Rock Meditation Center and Insight Meditation Society teacher and mom um, to. To help us remember also that we can become and we can practice to become sort of a stable center of peace. And so I know it's kind of a lot to jump from like, oh my gosh, our nervous (laughs) systems are going crazy, and we have this fear. And but we can all we also have, I I think of it the way um, that Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh teaches it that we have these seeds inside us and that we have both we have the seeds of fear and we have the seeds of peace. So this conversation is specifically to to water those. Water those seeds of peace.
1: Yeah, water those seeds of peace. And Tina Han also has, he has a story about um, being, you know, re- like all these refugees being on a boat. And if one person out of that boat can be that center of peace, then it affects everyone. And that's when we're in a family system, that is, you know, what we are aiming for is to be that center of peace so that our mirror neurons don't get activated because our kids are going to, like you said, pick up on that. And we have this negativity bias, right? That's supercharged right now because we have so much input coming at us that is mostly fear-based in some ways and um, valid in other ways. And so it's like, how do we continue to move that negativity bias in another direction? And I found that I have to get the support of my family. And then I also have to enroll my kid in that. It's not just all up to me. You know, my kid has to get involved in this process as well. Um, So there's little things that, you know, we have started to do to try to move that negativity bias and and center and stabilize. Um, And one thing is, you know, just saying thank you. Mm -hmm. thank you thank you thank you and you know xander would take a turn thank you then i'll say thank you and then my husband thank you and it's like yes can we just take these moments and just remember that you know no matter who you are no matter where you are there is going to be something that we can be grateful for and that alone will start to you know our sympathetic nervous systems will start to align with that um and settle and then what's happening now what's happening now um, over and over and over again. It's never the same. Each moment is different.
0: Yeah, you're. that's exactly the other day, you know, as all this stuff was hitting me, as I was realizing I had to, you know, had to postpone my retreat. I had to deal with, you know, all kinds of things happening and, and, and all the, you know, learning, all that catch, catching up. And I could feel my system in this fight, flight, or freeze, anxiety, stress response. And that, as I was driving my daughters somewhere, I can't remember where we were, I just said, let's do a round of gratitudes. What are you grateful for yeah. right now? What are you grateful yeah. for? Let's. We all went in a circle and shared it three times around just because, and it just helped to shift, helped to change and and just start watering those other seeds. It makes a huge difference. It does
1: make a huge difference. And I think that's the name of the game right now is like, what can we do to stabilize, 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 so that we can um, sense into a possibility that we might not have sensed into before. Because in times like this, I really do see that um, there is, a potential for creativity, for something new to emerge, when we can sit um, poised in chaos, so to speak.
0: All right, awesome. So a pen- potential for creativity, a potential to be present, a potential to just to to take some respite from the the worry and et cetera. So.
5: Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.
0: What are some of the things that we can do to practice peace? And I know that you are a, um, a meditation, a mindfulness teacher. I know that is that is part of it for you. Um, so I'd love to talk about that, but also other things. What what comes to mind as I ask that question?
1: Hmm. You know, one of the things that uh, comes to mind too in just these times when we're talking about peace is like just... Remembering our expectations can get in the way sometimes and just relaxing around what expectations that we might have for ourselves and what that might look like, the peace, because as we really deepen in our practice, you know, our complexity, the, the way that we hold complexity can change and there's an ability that we can be peaceful and anxious or peaceful and happy and sad. So there's a, there's a majority of people that think, okay, it's, it's I'm either happy or sad, or it's peaceful, or it's not peaceful. So to just leave the room for the possibility that maybe things can start to quiet, things can start to settle, and there's enough space for, whatever is happening to be okay, the way that it is within that space, that we don't have to necessarily change it, but that our job is to be with it, to be steady with it, and to remember that, yes, we're going to go through contractions and it's going to get hard. It's going to get hard. And then we're going to expand because it's not always contracted. Um, So to really just pay attention to the expectations, do we think that it always needs to be expanded? Do you think we always need to be happy or do we think we always need to be a certain way? Because it's just not everything is going to be different right now. And we have to leave room for our expectations for ourselves and for our kids and our families to change right now.
0: I love what you're saying because I do think that we we are hard on ourselves for when we are, especially if we've been practicing meditation for a little while or (laughs) in practice in the past, that we are hard on ourselves for when we do feel anxious. I'm not supposed to be like this because I have these tools and I love this. Uh, possibility you're offering that we can be anxious and peaceful like those are both within us at the same time this is not something necessarily we have to fix there's nothing wrong with you there's yes, from a big, from
1: a certain perspective, there is nothing wrong right now. Everything is okay. And then from another perspective, from you know our personal sense of self, I mean, there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty. And so it really calls it into question, everything into question, and it asks us, you know, how do we deal with uncertainty? Um, can we rest back into that there is a wisdom that can arise here, with this. Like when our kids get bored, are we okay being bored? Are we okay with our kids being bored? You know, because we need to be able to be with whatever it is. And boredom is one of the hardest things I think sometimes, um, because that's that moment where there's nothing, we feel like there's nothing to do. And then what do we do? We pick up our phones and like read the news and then we get anxious again and then the cycle starts again. So it's like, okay, can I relax into these moments where, you know, there is,
0: what am I going to do?
1: And my kids, Screaming, I'm so bored, and it's like, Well, yeah, okay, that's where things can be revealed that we haven't seen before. I mean, that's when that imaginary game pops up that oh, I didn't think about that, that's cool, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, one of the best responses to I'm bored uh, is my favorite, favorite one ever. Comes from Kim Payne, who wrote Simplicity Parenting. He said, you just say to your child on repeat there's something to do right around the corner and if they say no but there's not there's something to do right around the corner you become so boring yourself that they go off and find something to do and yes there's a lot of often a a lot of creativity on the other side of that my we do a screen-free Sunday in our house, and we're still going to do it. Uh, and uh, and our kids sometimes complain, and then the most creative projects happen on Sunday. <laughs>
1: yes, that's <laughs> true. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, so how how do you deal with uncertainty? And, and as we ask ourselves that question, we want to remember that we're modeling in every moment, right? We're modeling how mm-hmm. to deal with uncertainty for our kids. Uh, what, as when uncertainty has come up for you in this in these days, how have you been dealing with it, Emily? Yeah. You know, it's, it's the little things, you know, it's, it's really, like I said, you know, stabilizing is one of the
1: key things right now for, for me and for a lot of people. So, you know, taking breaths when I'm able to take breaths, so if you're really anxious, breathing, you know, paying attention to your breath might not be where you go. Um, but there's the breathing and then looking at the sky Um, just simply you know if you're able to take a walk and get in touch with nature you know those are the things that I'm doing Um, and then you know another thing with uncertainty too is that it seems to our thresholds change and so I've noticed that when you know things get stressful um, especially because it's uncertain and there's a certain level of stress there, that little things start to get to me that don't normally get to me. Like maybe, you know, my son is like grabbing onto me more it, like normal. He's doing it like normal, but it feels like it's more than I can take at that moment. And so it's like just being able to communicate, Hey honey, I'm touched out right now. I feel like it's really important to give us as, uh, you know, as adults space and communicate that we need space so that, um, that, that, um, that ability to relax even in just little moments can support us when when that uncertainty really does come up and shows, like, rears its head. Um, because, you know, really, it is all uncertain all the time. This is just highlighting it.
0: Mm. I know it's true. I think that we just forget about the essential uncertainty of being alive here on Earth. This is, yeah. the, the truth is that any of yeah. us could kick it yeah. tomorrow it's totally true and 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 this is just bringing that into reality and the those you know in the art world and in paintings we call those memento moris reminders of death and this in some ways is this reminder of uncertainty of of death and and for me I never saw those as Grim. I always see those as like, oh wow, I'm alive. Like, yes, I'm alive right now. I have to live my life. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's really beautiful because it does bring us in touch with being alive, which brings us in touch with being interconnected, and that we're all in this together, and that we're sitting in solidarity. Um, Like you said before, it it um, these are the times that we practice for. Yes. You, know, the, you know, we know they're coming or I knew they were coming. You know, it's like we can't sit here and ignore certain things forever in our collective. Um, there are going to be moments where they come to light. And this is one of those times where, OK, we all have to get real with a lot of things that it's a wake up call. And if I continue to view it like that, then it's like, OK, you know, what is it now? What's happening right now that I can that I can respond to um, bit by bit by
0: bit? so i want to ask you a little bit about some some of the habits that you might be practical habits you might be employing to kind of keep your stability in this time of uncertainty Mm -hmm. and i just before you do that i just want to share some of mine Mm -hmm. that i've noticed that really have helped (laughs) Um, definitely you mentioned getting outside getting in nature i noticed i had a, a lot of anxiety when i after I went to the library with my kids, just the whole process of the hand sanitizer at every moment and all that stuff. Um, and I I took myself out for a run because that I know that really is helpful for me. And I went out into the woods. I'm making it a practice. I'm keeping my daily meditation, but I'm also making it a practice to um, hold my regular boundaries around My screens. Uh, I don't have Facebook on my phone. I am checking it a lot more now on my computer, but I will wait in the morning until I've gotten up. I've done my meditation. I've washed my face. I've had my coffee. I've eaten my breakfast. (laughs) There's a good amount of time before I'm going to look at the news. And then again, at the other end of the day, I'm not looking at my email. I'm not looking at Facebook. I'm not looking at anything after five o'clock in the evening. And just so I can bookend my day, you know, we watched uh, Knives Out, which is great and hilarious last night. And I Mm -hmm. recommend it, you know, good funny movies are great. But just bookending my day with the boundaries around taking some of this stuff in, which I highly recommend that you do, dear listener, give, give yourself boundaries, give yourself time to be with you before you before you go and engage with what's happening in the world even even in this time it's you know so those are that's what I'm doing and um, I'd love to hear what what for you what kind of habits are you employing to stay stable and grounded
1: yeah, those are all great, and I follow some of those as well, so I highly recommend them and Another thing is to, like I said before, I I do the best um, when I'm home with my kid a lot to enroll my kid in these things too. Mm -hmm. And so there are times where you know things can just feel like it's, we're in that contraction and it's like we're just bouncing off each other and i can just feel myself getting more and more anxious or angry or frustrated or whatever that is and and in those moments when i can remember it's like we have this little simple meditation that we do out loud that's mindfulness based and it's it's um you know it's, it's really simple we do it it's like there is hearing there is seeing there is touching there is tasting. So you can, you know, expand that to, to include, you know, body sensations and thinking and emotions. But it just gives that moment of pause. And of course, you know, my kid who's four and a half, you know, I can not just at home. We've done this for a while, you know, driving in the car. Sometimes, you know, he'll get anxious because somebody, you know, cuts us off and he sees that and he's like, There is fear, mama, there is fear. So it's just a way to help them also because it's out loud to kind of ground and we connect in a way. That's like, oh yeah, you have fear, I have fear. That's right, you know, that's is common. This is, everyone has this. And then it doesn't stay long. We also see the transient nature of our emotions and our sensations and our reality like that. You know, it'll arise and pass. And wow, you were scared two seconds ago. And now look, we're happy, we're laughing. It's, um, it, it goes through these natural ebbs and flows that if we can become more familiar with and okay with, then back to the expectations, we can loosen around those and know that, yes, this too shall pass and, um, and we can do this.
0: We can do this. Mm, I like that one. That's a great way to, to share that with your child. How much does he know about what's going on? He knows there's a big bug,
1: <laughs> that there's a big bug and it's affecting everyone because he's four and a half. So he knows that because he knows that he needs to follow all the things about, you know, sneezing in your elbow and the hand sanitizer. And and so he gets that and he gets that it's affecting people all over the world and that, um, you know, he's not going to be able to see his friends for a while. And that's hard for him. So, yeah. But overall, he... he um, he's doing well with it. We all are.
0: It's hard with a four and a half year old. You can't exactly ask them not to touch their friends when they're that age. Yes. And that's one of the reasons
1: we chose to do the self seclusion. Cause we're like, you know, our kid is not controllable. <laughs> so, but we can control keeping him at home and we're very privileged and lucky to be able to do that right now.
0: Yeah. So, um, so I know it's early. You may not have gotten into sort of your schedule with you and your partner and your child all at home. Have any thoughts on what's coming up for that? Well, we've made our schedule. We did that. Um,
1: that was one of the first things. And and we've, we definitely have it blocked off. Like Xander has his schedule and he knows what his is. And then ours overlaps and there's time for work. You know, my work, there's time for my husband's work. And then he, he has time for, and then we switch it off. And then, you know, he's got time for academic stuff and then he's got creative play and he's got outside time and we have it all kind of marked off. He knows what time is what and free time. So we're being pretty rigid with that because what I found is that, you know, I've done a lot of retreat practice, like two month long retreats and one month long retreats. And and what I found when things are, um, when we have to do like self-quarantine or any of this stuff, it, it is similar to a retreat. It does mm. make me think of a retreat, and and I've done a lot of life, what we call life retreats in the past, where we turn our lives into a retreat. And so that's kind of how I'm viewing this right now: is that we're going into a family life retreat, and uh, we're going to stick to the structure because when things do get uncertain, when things do get anxious, when we will get frustrated with each other, we can fall back on that schedule and say, "Well, look, honey, you know, from nine to ten, we are going to walk. That's what we're going to do." And there, we don't really have to negotiate that. Like this is what's going to be happening. Um, there's some choice in there. Like maybe we won't walk today. Maybe we'll do a dance party. But you know the you know the um, general sense is that there is something like the structure that can support us in a way that we don't have to. Um, our minds don't have to go so many different places that just create extra stress
0: kind of that structure is sort of taking place of the structure that you might have of a preschool or all, mm-hmm. et cetera, of all the different things in our lives. That sounds really smart. So m- meditation and mindfulness for parents, what does it do for us? Why, how, how can, how can it help us draw in on our own piece and uh, cultivate it a little bit more?
1: I think that's what it's all about. you know. I think that's what it's all about. Meditation and mindfulness supports us in being present. And when we're present, we're able to respond in a way that we might not have been able to before. And through that presence, that's when the heart comes alive. And when the heart's here, we make different choices. We make different choices when our heart is online. Um, And then it's not so scary because the heart is vast and spacious. And when equanimity comes in, that ability to really stand poised in chaos and to know that no matter what, like a tsunami could come through the door and we could really stare it down and be okay, um, then that really enables us to, um, it empowers us and empowers us to take care of each other, to make different decisions and to create something new. And that can be our small little family system, and then that can be um, you know, our community, local community, and then that can be our state, and that can be our country, and that can be our world. Um, without those little pockets um of people really up to it, really dedicated to it through the ebbs and the flows, um, I don't know, it would just be it would be so much harder. And why do that? That's what the whole Buddhist psychology is all about and that trained in the Buddhist wisdom tradition. It's like um why create more suffering for ourselves than need be? We already are going to get sick. We already are going to die. There's things that we can't control, but yet we can look at ourselves. We can stabilize. We can see how our thoughts affect our emotions, how our emotions and thoughts affect our bodies. We can breathe through this and we can can live into a different world.
0: Amen. I love that. And so if this is not if this is not something that has been a long many years practice for you dear listener there are, are ways to practice there are ways to start practicing it's not going to be that um, rainbow sparkly unicorns come flying out of your nose as you practice but um but you are going to strengthen a muscle of peace and the way i look at it and i i wonder if you agree emily like is that we, in our core of cores, in our, in our heart of hearts, we are this, we have this center of peace. We know we're interconnected. Yeah. We know that we are this vast spaciousness. We have this center uh, of peace. And why we don't often feel that is because we have a nervous system. And we also have layers of strategies and things that we've put on that have helped us survive Mm-hmm. But underneath all of that, it's, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's that vast center of peace is there. And, and it's just a matter of, of allowing it in some ways.
1: It is a matter of
0: allowing it and to, to
1: um, give ourselves permission to sense into that. Um, and really watching when you were talking, I just kept thinking, you know, really watching these thoughts that get thoughts to arise and pass, like not all, like, what well, our relationship to thinking is really important to look at these days. Thoughts um, like, I can't do this. I'm not enough. This is never going to end. I, you know, sometimes when it, we get really anxious or maybe overwhelmed, it's like, this is too much for me. And all of these, you know, like Byron Katie says, it's like, is this true? Is this true? Um, because we are really strong. Actually, we are all really strong. We're all really fierce. We all have um, much more capacity than we give ourselves credit for. So just to remember over and over again that yes, you know, we've got this, you've got this, and um, and there is a a capacity for love that's beyond our under our cognitive understanding, and that cognitive mind is sometimes what really gets in the gets in the
0: way. Yeah, yeah, and so those thoughts are something that we can deal with those thoughts of, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, that you can say to yourself, thinking. You can say to yourself, worrying. You can say to yourself, oh, hello, worrying. I see you there. I got you there. Uh, You know, I see you there. And I'm going to then refocus in the here and the now in what is real. So for me, um, a practice that really helps me uh, refocus when my thoughts are rumining As I, I say to myself, okay, I am here. <laughs> and it's it's like a little gotha breathing in. I am breathing out here. And I look around me and I see where I am and where I am a hundred percent of the time I've ever asked myself that is safe and stable and mm-hmm. there's beauty in it. And, and that really helps to redirect me. Yeah, that's
1: great. I, I always, one of my go-tos is what is happening right now?
0: Like, what is happening right
1: now? What is happening right now? And it changes, you know, we can't, what is happening right now is different than the next moment. Um, And that is important to keep remembering in these times. Mm -hmm.
0: Emily, I really appreciate you sharing your time with us. So last minute, I had to I ended up scrapping all of my podcasting plans and asking some friends to come and help me and Emily, and I really appreciate you doing that do you um Do you have any final words and thoughts for the listener as we go through this um upended time together? You know, just just
1: that we are in this together. Like we really, really are in this together. And sometimes when we go into self-quarantine or when they're anxious, we get into this tunnel vision and we feel like we're not. So anything that we can do right now, to remember that there are people in this world that care, you know, like um, Mr. Rogers says, look for the helpers. And so, you know, just remember, you know, keep looking for those helpers. You are a helper yourself. If you're listening to this, you are dedicated to mindfulness practice. You are mindful. You are aware, and and you are, um, and you are one of the people that are going to change this world. And so I so, so appreciate that. Um, and we need you and, um, thank
0: you. Thank you so much, Emily. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this episode has, was helpful for you. If you found it helpful, please, of course, subscribe uh, and share it with your friends. Share it around. Word of mouth is the best way that we share this at the Mindful Mama podcast. I really know how important it is, you know, that these choices that we make, how the choice you make, it affects me. As you create more peace in yourself, you do create peace for all of us. You don't need to be afraid of your fear. It's just an energy moving through. We are strong. We can be with this. And I love that idea of we can be peaceful and anxious at the same time. And I just said it's an idea, but it's more than that. It's a truth. And you can experience that truth in your body. And as you do, you touch into that vastness, which is who you really are. So I wish you peace peace. Um, I wish you moments of joy and I wish you many funny movies and lots of exercise and fresh air. And um, I will be back with you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste.
5: I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better